Welcome to the Corporate Treasury 101 podcast. In today's episode, we continue our payment journey series on credit cards. We covered in previous episodes what are credit cards exactly and how payments are processed when you make payments via such a card. It is now time to talk about costs and fees. We are corporate treasurers after all. In this episode, expect to learn how banks really make money thanks to credit card payments, what is the overall remuneration scheme for the credit card networks, how many transactions networks like Visa process every year, and much more. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate us on your favorite podcast app. This helps us a lot and it only takes 2.5 seconds. We also released an ebook. We have gathered all our learnings for more than 70 episodes and put them into a book with, of course, some exclusive content and even a small surprise. Head to the link in the description to download it and the best part of it, it is completely free. With all that being said, let's get on with the show. All right, so now everybody is going to take um, the pieces from this 100 euros that I meant to be owed, right? So now, who are these third parties? What's happening? Who's taking what, Guillaume? So everybody, indeed, will take a cut. And somehow, it makes a little bit of sense, right? Let's start with the issuing bank, my bank. They provide credit to me, uh, plus a whole bunch of services, such as a hotline in case I have problems with my credit cards and so on. Then there is the networks. Uh, in my case, it is Visa. And well, they give all of us the possibility to use their network in order to proceed with our payments and in your case, collections. Plus, they also offer some securities often, such as insurances linked to the credit cards, fraud prevention solutions, and so on. And last but not least, the third party that is involved is the acquiring bank, your bank, Hussam. They provide you with the point of sales and the terminal, and they eventually allow you to get paid by your customers, right? Or at least via this tool, which is rather valuable for your business. Okay, so this is starting to add up. It sounds like <laughs> it's starting to get quite expensive. A lot of people taking cuts. Exactly. Um, credit card is a very expensive mean of payment, especially for the people receiving them. So it will obviously depend on many criteria. But the most important thing to remember is that it is percentage based. And for the sake of simplicity, let's, take, let's say that um, here in our case, it will be 2%, which is actually not too far from reality. So out of those 100 euros you are meant to receive, you actually need to pay 2 euros to be shared by all the stakeholders. And these two euros, the 2%, is what we call the discount rates in credit card jargon. Who makes the most out of the transaction, out of interest of all these stakeholders? Yeah, and this is the interesting piece, actually. The biggest um, piece of the cake actually goes to the issuing bank. So my bank, the one that issued the credit card. And out of those two euros, they will take something in the range of 1.70 euro. So more than 80% of the transaction. So your bank, because they gave you a credit card, they get paid out of my pocket, the cafe. Exactly. My bank is allowing me to make payments, but ultimately, right, in a perceived value, let's say, it's much more valuable for your bank because, yeah, I can make payments. Woohoo, amazing. I can lose money or I can spend my money, but you can receive money. So you're the we can say, ultimate beneficiary of all this because you're the one that gets paid, in the end, the biggest piece of the cake. You get paid 98% of the transaction. 
But yes, indeed, um, you're basically paying uh, for me to be able to pay you. And this is this is actually crazy. Um, this is actually this is called the interchange fee, and it represents the fee that the merchant bank pays to the issuing bank for accepting, processing, and authorizing card transactions. Because in the end, Visa and the acquiring bank are only channels here. The real bank doing the job, doing the work, if we could say, is my bank because they check that my credit card and uh, my credit limits are aligned with the payments I'm making. Uh, they, in the first place, issue the credit card for me, are having a bank account maintenance with me. I mean, they have all these things in place that allow me to pay you. So in a certain way, it makes sense, but it's, to my eyes, very expensive nonetheless. But like the network is doing most of the work. No, that's the part that's connecting everything together. And obviously the acquiring bank yeah. does get paid as well. So they're also making the request and everything, right? You said. I agree. They are important. I mean, not even important pieces of the of the transaction. They are critical because if only one of them is not here, well, you cannot accept payments. So this doesn't happen. I'm keeping my money on my bank account. It doesn't circulate in the economy and so on and so on. So the interchange fee is actually meant to cover the handling costs. So like frauds, uh, bad debt costs, and the risk involved in approving the payment, which is why when it comes to risk, this is where the money is. And the risk taker in this whole scheme is my bank, so to say. Whilst the other stakeholders are only transmitting a message or receiving money, uh, more or less. And the funny thing is, the issuing bank do not actually get to decide what the interchange fee is. It's not even my bank that tells your bank, okay, you pay me that much. This is completely determined and at the end of the card payment network. So Visa, MasterCard, and so on. They set it and do not change it, actually. It's, it is that much, and the acquired bank will have to pay that much to the issuing bank, period. We said of the 2% fee, 1.7% goes to the issuing bank. Yes. How much does the network get out of the remaining 30 cents? Yeah, so we are left indeed with 30. And uh, the share of Visa, in this typical case, will usually be something in the lines of 10 cents. And yes, they are the one enabling all this, but taking the smallest cost. How come? How come they get the least? If they're the, without them, it would work? So here, the explanations differ a bit, uh, depending on where you look at. But um, my interpretation is that uh, they benefited from all the transactions, first of all. So all the transactions that are processed through their networks, and we talk about dozens of billions of transactions every year, they take a little cut out of it. So they are the enabler, but they are also, as long as you use a Visa card, they are part of all the transactions. So they take a smaller cut, but they are part of all of them. Also, as a payment network, you want as many people uh, to use your network, right? The more people you have on your network, the more revenue you make. And therefore, boosting the number of transactions you process and ultimately your revenue, your revenue, sorry, is quite the smart thing to do. In order to do so, you need to incentivize people to use your credit cards. From an end user perspective, that's with all the benefits, the different advantages, the cashback, the securities, the insurances that are linked to your credit card. So you want to use it. And also, you're not using your money directly. But remunerating well those enablers, the issuing bank, is quite the smart thing to do. Look, propose to your customers my credit card, and I will give you 1.70% of all the transactions that pass by my network. Does that sound like an interesting thing to do? Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. So the remaining 10 cents goes to the, to the other bank, the acquiring bank? So the remaining, sorry, my, my bad, the remaining 20 cents, actually. The Visa network will take 10 mm. cents out of all this mm -hmm. and the Acquire Bank will take 20. So 
the acquiring has a bigger cut, let's say, than the network itself, indeed. Because they also need to be part of the network, right? They also need to be able to uh, exactly. receive the messages from the network and everything like that. Exactly. And so this is only the fee they take out of your um, transaction, but they will also usually charge the merchant for uh, the rent or the leasing of the terminal. And they also have all those associated services, financial services that they provide to the Hussam's Cafe. So they are making side collateral, let's say, business, thanks to the fact that they enable you to receive credit card payments. So they take a small cut out of this transaction, but there are other fees that surround the whole offer. Okay. And that, so that's credit cards. How does that differ for debit cards out of interest? Yeah, absolutely. So debit cards, it will be exactly the same, um, except there is no concept of credit limit. So when authorizing, the only difference is the issuing bank actually checks your bank account balance and not your credit limits and says, okay, Guillaume has the money. He can place those 100 euros worth of coffee, cookies and pain chocolat. You can go ahead and then the transmission of the money will follow. The fees are in the same, still the 2 percentage, or Absolutely. Yeah, there is also this interchange fee uh, plus the cut of each and every stakeholders. And this is actually... The most, I mean, to me, funny part, because there is this 2% fee. But on top of that, my bank, the insurance bank, is charging me for the credit card, is charging me for the credit limit. And if I don't repay on time, they will charge me even more. So this is a very, very juicy business for banks. Credit card with that. Credit card. Credit card. Yeah, and debit card, it will only be bank account balance. So there is less money out of the credit cards for the issuing bank itself. Very clear. Thank you.